This is a podcast from the Business Times. The week began with Singapore stocks opening higher on Monday, September 5th, following mixed trading in the global markets. The Straits Times Index was up 0.2% to 3,213 points at the open. Asian investors struggled on Tuesday to recover from the previous day's losses on growing fears over Europe's worsening energy crisis, China's economic slowdown and central bank efforts to contain surging inflation. The Straits Times Index closed up 0.27%, settling at 3,224 points at the midweek. Asian markets opened lower for the most part, with Australian shares touching a near seven-week low, a day after the country's central bank raised rates as a slide in commodity stocks and Wall Street weighed on the benchmark index. Most Asian markets enjoyed a rare advance on bargain buying on Thursday, September 8, tracking a Wall Street rally. After a series of losses, the Singapore market finished higher, following solid gains overnight on Wall Street as investors shrugged off hawkish comments from Federal Reserve officials. The Straits Times Index rose 0.7% to end at 3,234 points. However, regional bourses ended mixed, and Labor Department data showed applications for U.S. unemployment insurance fell for a fourth straight week to the lowest since May, suggesting demand for workers remains healthy despite an uncertain economic outlook. Initial unemployment claims decreased by 6,000 to 222,000 in the week ended September 3rd, lower than all estimates. It's Friday, the 9th of September. Welcome to Market Focus, a weekly look at market drivers and movements from the Business Times. I'm podcast editor Clarissa Montero. Today, Singapore shares were pulled into positive territory as global markets ended higher after the European Central Bank announced its biggest ever interest rate hike. The Straits Times Index was up 0.7% at 3,256 points shortly after opening. Here's Lionel Lin. Director of Research at STX Securities, with his wrap of the week. For the week so far, the STI posted a gain of 0.9%, outperforming the FTSE Asia-Pacific Index 1.4% decline. For the third quarter to date, the STI is sitting on a gain of 4.2% compared to the Asia-Pacific benchmark's decline of 3.1%. In the past four sessions, the STI slipped slightly below the 3,200 level on 7th of September at the low, but gained 1.2% from Friday's close at the high. Investors are looking ahead to the upcoming FOMC meeting two weeks later, where traders are expecting market-implied odds of another hike of 75 basis points. This will be the fifth consecutive hike of the year, where a three-quarter basis point hike will bring the Fed funds rate to 3 to 3.25%. In Singapore, non-oil domestic exports numbers for August will likely be released on 16th of September, with August CPI number likely to be announced this week later. Looking at the institutional fund flows for the past five sessions as of the 7th of September, we observed institutional inflows of 86.4 million Sing dollars into the market. Financial services saw the highest inflows at $59.2 million, followed by telecommunications $48.2 million, and real estate excluding REITs at $6.3 million. 
On the other end, industrials experienced the largest outflows at $13.6 million, followed by technology, which had an outflow of $9.8 million, and REITs, with an outflow of $5.1 million. Singtel was the recipient of the highest institutional inflows for the period, with an inflow of $48.2 million, while OCBC and DBS both saw a combined inflow of $73.4 million. ST Engineering, Yang Zijiang Shipbuilding and Capital Land Investments saw a combined outflow of $48.3 million. Across the Singapore market, the outperformers for the week for companies with market cap of at least $500 million were Coal Miner, Golden Energy and Resources, which continued its momentum from August and this is followed by Samudera Shipping Line and Chip Eng Sing. The other notable outperformers come mainly from the real estate sector, including REITs. Here's correspondent Janice Lim with further insights from the Business Times news desk. Asian markets had pretty much a mixed session over the last five trading days. Major indices in Japan, mainland China and several ASEAN markets mainly finished higher while South Korea, Hong Kong ended in the red. As for Singapore's benchmark Straits Times Index, it finished slightly higher over the past five trading days, gaining 0.3%. The trading week started out slightly muted. That's partly because markets over at Wall Street were closed for Labor Day on Monday. There was a bit of a sell-off when investors returned after the long weekend over concerns that the US Federal Reserve would continue tightening its monetary policy. That was further confirmed by Fed's Vice Chair, Lael Bernard, who said that the US Central Bank would stay on course to fight against inflation. Still to come, we take a closer look at more news and drivers with Lionel Lin and Janice Lim. Senior correspondent Ben Paul shares his analysis and insight on market trends and corporate issues in Mark to Market every second Monday of the month with your trusted partner for financial information. Go to bt.sg slash btmarktomarket to download. And now, back to market focus from the Business Times. Janice, early in the week markets here and in the region looked somewhat uninspired. At the midweek, markets seemed to have gained some enthusiasm. Give us some context. Interestingly though, despite the hawkish comments made by the Fed, Wall Street saw a midweek rebound. This rebound has helped lift some Asian bosses to finish higher on Thursday. According to IG Market Strategies' Ip Jin Rong, the easing of US Treasury yields and the decline in the US dollar index may be suggesting that markets are getting more accustomed to the narrative that rates would be higher for longer. The market is expecting a 75 basis point hike in September's FOMC meeting. Overnight on Thursday, Fed Chair Jerome Powell delivered some unsurprising comments about how the Fed needs to act strongly to curb inflation. Once again, it did not deter investors too much and Wall Street closed with modest gains. These comments aside, it said that a key factor determining market sentiments going forward would be the US Consumer Price Index data coming out next Tuesday. Over in Europe, the European Central Bank has raised interest rates sharply just last night, something which was highly anticipated by the market. The 75 basis point increase is the biggest rise since 1999. Stock markets seem to have responded well to this hike, with the pan-European index ending 0.5% higher, led by bank stocks. Lionel, there was mixed news out of Singapore. Some good, some not so much. 
Give us the highlights. According to the Singapore Institute of Purchasing and Materials Management, SIPMM, Singapore's manufacturing sentiment in August declined to its lowest point in two years as the overall PMI slid 0.1 point to 50. This was due to a slower expansion in the key indices, new orders, new exports and employment, as well as a faster expansion in the supplier deliveries index. The electronics PMI saw the sharpest contraction since the start of the pandemic and fell 0.9 point to 49.6 on the back of contraction in key indices of new orders, new exports, output and inventory. Singapore's retail sales in July grew 13.7% year-on-year, extending from the 14.9% growth seen in June. According to the Department of Statistics, Singstat, on a month-on-month, seasonally-adjusted basis, retail sales grew by 0.6%, reversing from the 1.4% decline in June. Analysts stated relaxation of COVID-19 and border restrictions amidst a low year-ago base contributed to the gains in July. According to the latest data from the Singapore Tourism Board, Singapore's hotel's average room rate in July rose 69.2% year-on-year to a near-decade high, extending growth for the sixth straight month on the back of returning global visitors. The ARR was at $259 as compared to the nearly $262 in September 2012 and grew across all hotel categories for the month. Hotel revenues hit $318.5 million, more than four and a half times the level recorded a year ago. Revenue per available room rose to hit a new post-COVID-19 high of nearly $205 in July, increasing 140.3% year-on-year. As a reminder, visitor arrivals surged to more than 726,000 in July up from around 544,000 in June this year. Tuas Port has officially opened with three berths now in operation and around 500 workers. This facility is set to be the world's biggest fully automated port when completed in the 2040s. The port will eventually boast a handling capacity of 65 million 20-foot equivalent units TEUs, a third increase from Singapore's current capacity with a total of five berths to be operational by year-end. Last year, Singapore handled a record 37.5 million TEUs of containers, the most in the world. Lionel, S-REITs have recently garnered more notice, but that wasn't the only notable news this week. Give us some highlights. EV manufacturer Neo Inc. announced 2Q total revenue growing 21.8% year-on-year to 10.3 billion Chinese yuan slightly higher than the top end of its prior guidance on the back of a 14.4% year-on-year growth in vehicle deliveries at 25.1 thousand units. Vehicle gross margin declined to 16.7% versus 18.1% in the first quarter due to increased battery costs partially offset by favorable sales mix, while net loss widened to 2.7 billion yuan from 659.3 million yuan a year ago. For the third quarter of the year, the company guided for revenue to grow 31 to 38.7% year-on-year with vehicle deliveries of between 31,000 and 33,000, implying a year-on-year growth of 26.8 to 35%. 
This implies a 10 to 12,000 vehicle delivery in September based on previously reported July and August delivery numbers. Management pointed to the second half of the year as a critical period to scale production and delivery of multiple products, with the company expecting to further expand its market share in the global premium EV market with high operating efficiency. Samcorp Utilities a wholly owned subsidiary of Samcorp Industries has entered into an agreement to sell its 100% stake in its India-based coal power unit for 117 billion rupees to Tanweer Infrastructure. The unit, Samcorp Energy India Limited, SEIL, is one of the largest independent power producers in India, operating two coal-fired plants totaling 2.6 gigawatts according to Semcorp Industries. The $2.1 billion Sing dollar price tag is at an implied price-to-book multiple of one time. Yang Zijiang Shipbuilding, together with its subsidiaries, secured orders for four units of 8,020-foot equivalent unit LNG dual-fuel container ships from repeated customer Pacific International Lines, bringing the total number of new secured orders this year to 990 million US dollars for 16 vessels. Company stated the new ships will be delivered progressively in 2025 with the new products equipped with ammonia-ready fuel tanks, which management believes will provide flexibility to ship owners to switch to ammonia and further contribute to green shipping practices. As of the announced date, Yang Zijiang has a total order book value of 8.15 billion US dollars for 137 vessels which is expected to keep its yard facilities at a healthy utilization rate with revenue visibility till mid-2025. Jardin Cycle and Carriage has been appointed as the exclusive distributor of Gogoro's electric scooters in Singapore. Gogoro is a Taiwanese startup and specializes in battery swapping technology. Gogoro has been awarded a sandbox pilot by Singapore's Land Transport Authority to deploy and validate battery swapping as a means for next-generation smart mobility. Jardin CNC will also partner Gogoro to operate and install its battery swapping infrastructure in Singapore, managing the battery swapping network and vehicle fleet in Singapore, and also seeks to explore working with food delivery and logistics fleet in the country. Keppel Land a unit of Keppel Corp were acquired from its JV partner a 4% stake in Kingsdale Development, which owns 80% of the Spring City Golf and Lake Resort in Kunming, China. Keppel currently holds 86% of Kingsdale via its subsidiaries, while the JV partner Prime Growth Investments own 4%. The remaining 10% is held by another third party. Keppel Corp said Romeo, a unit of Keppel Land, will pay $6 million US dollars for the stake. Of the sum, $3.4 million will be for the sale shares, while $2.6 million will be for the assignment to Romeo of shareholder loans extended by Prime Growth to Kingsdale. Ratings agency Fitch Ratings stated most rated SREITs are resilient to a global economic slowdown in 2023 due to healthy leverage, limited exposure to rising interest rates, and utility costs and robust financing flexibility. According to Fitch, logistics and industrial property REITs, including Maple Tree Logistics Trust, are best placed to weather a slowdown with the logistics segment benefiting from rising e-commerce adoption, 
supply chain reshoring and inventory stockpiling. Industrial REITs exposed to high-tech buildings and data centers such as Maple Tree Industrial Trust will be shielded by long-term leases to large corporate tenants. Hospitality REITs, on the other hand, have low rating headroom, but Fitch expects their credit profiles to recover from the pandemic-led disruption to global travel in the next six months, with a jump in operating cash flow from pent-up travel demand and Singapore's progressive policies for international visitors boosting balance sheet buffers. On retail REITs, Fitch stated their earnings should recover in the next 6 to 12 months from an influx of international visitors and more locals returning to the office, as Singapore has removed virtually all travel and mobility pandemic rules. However, prime retail malls will take longer to reach pre-pandemic earnings than suburban malls as they are more dependent on tourists. This has been Market Focus from the Business Times. I'm Clarissa Montero with Lionel Lin, Director of Research at SDX Securities, and Janice Lim, Correspondent with the Business Times. That was a podcast from the Business Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcast, or via the Google Voice Assistant Amazon-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3 you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. This podcast is meant to provide general information only. SPH Media accepts no liability for loss arising from any reliance on the podcast or use of third parties' products and services. Please consult professional advisors for independent advice.